Hi folks, this is Jyoti Shamnani from Royal LePage. As you all know, new to Canada is my niche market. Uh, that's where I communicate or connect with people and uh, they come as strangers and become my family. Uh, but what do you need to do before coming to Canada? That's where uh, our today's guest, Shafoli, comes into play. Shafoli, tell us about yourself. Uh, thank you so much for having me here today, uh, Jyoti. Uh, my name is Shafoli, Shafoli Kapoor. I'm a licensed Canadian immigration consultant, also called as a regulated Canadian immigration consultant. Uh, the name of my firm uh, is T. Immigration, and I've been practicing immigration, it seems like forever. <laughs> um, what do I do? I help uh, people live their Canadian dream. Uh, people who want to migrate to Canada, I help them with, uh, with uh, you know, all sort of paperwork um, to, to achieve that dream of theirs. Um, I do provide consultation. I help, help them with the application process. Uh, I guide them throughout the process. And it is primarily a hand-holding service wherein I guide them right from the start until uh, they land in Canada as permanent residents. And then I hand them over to you. <laughs> so, well, that's a great introduction, Shafoli, right from the beginning. Um, but Tell me, I mean, from what I am understanding is that you are um, helping people from sitting in Canada outside or you help people who are within Canada as well? Well, I my market is everywhere, all over the world. Mm -hmm. I have people who are outside Canada who have desires of moving to Canada. And then I also have people who are already inside Canada on some sort of temporary residence who want to eventually get permanent residence in Canada. And then I also help permanent residents who want to get Canadian citizenship. Right. So I have clients pretty much everywhere who have somewhat a Canadian dream somewhere in their heart. <laughs> right. And then it's a tiered service. So it is. You know, it is. So yeah. they don't have to sign me up for a lifetime, of course. Um, we go stepwise. If they're outside Canada, I can help them come here on temporary residence or permanent residence, depending on their eligibility, what program they fit under. Uh, because you know what? Um, I always say this. This is like my punchline. Coming to Canada is not your privilege it is a prerogative okay. so not everybody fits the bill mm -hmm. um, and not every program fits everyone uh, you have to be eligible for programs and uh, and depending on your profile depending on your experience your education your age uh, right now age is also a big big factor your family background you know people who live like if you have any ties to Canada so depending on that there's a whole range of programs under which one can qualify and based on that, I assess their eligibility and help them to come to Canada. And so uh, this, I know it's a huge umbrella, right, in terms of the entire process or different types of visas that are available. Would you briefly give us an idea? How, what are the base, different categories that are available? Absolutely. So let's talk about people who are outside Canada. Primarily outside Canada, people can look at come to Canada under two umbrellas, two big primary umbrellas, a temporary residence or permanent residence. Under temporary residence, they can come here as a visitor. Of course, they have no rights as a visitor. They just come here for visits, can only stay up to a certain amount of time. They can come here on a work permit, depending, of course, on their eligibility. And then either, um, and the final 
um, you know, option is to come here as a student, as an international student, to study at one of the private public colleges or universities in Canada. Again, depending on the eligibility, depending on the letter of acceptance that they receive from the school. Uh, so all of that. And then the other way of coming to Canada is permanent residence. Now, under permanent residence, there's probably, I'd say, Again, this is just a number that I'm throwing, but about 50 programs uh, under which one can yeah. come, to, to come to Canada. They can come directly by applying to a federal program or they could come via a provincial nominee program, again, based on their eligibility. And if we start talking about these programs, I think we're sitting here all day. <laughs> and that's why I said, like, it's, it's kind of like a huge umbrella and then so many things are there. But tell me, uh, I'm intrigued. What brought you into this uh, industry? So it's, uh, you know, uh, I really believe in destiny. Um, I am somebody who has been all over the place. And I also, as uh, somebody who's very, uh, you know, active on social media, I do tell this to a lot of my uh, followers on social media that, you know what, there's really uh, no set plan. Like, mm -hmm. you, like sometimes things just happen, uh, you yeah. know, because they are meant for you. So my story goes back to, you know, about 12 years ago when I came to Canada as a 25-year-old young girl, dependent on my husband just here you know because he wanted to study and we came here and along the process you know we had a baby and we started our business I got into a travel business and when I got into the travel business because it was somewhat related to immigration people started my clients started approaching me for immigration now immigration is a licensed profession just like yours you can't just get out and start practicing it's illegal to do that so I didn't want to do anything illegal so I looked into you know how I could get a license and I could genuinely help people because you know what Jyoti believe it or not this is one of the most corrupted industry the amount of abuse we see happens mm -hmm. to people you know they are duped they are cheated uh, people take money from them and then never you know yeah. uh, get any result out of it. right yeah. so I genuinely wanted to help people out there and I decided I want to get into this industry and uh here I am, completely, absolutely loving every single minute of it. That's great to hear. And I um, really admire people in terms of, like you said, it's the Canadian dream that they come for. And we are the means to help them. You help them by bringing them here. And I help them settle in the homes of their dreams. Because mostly, like, I communicate with people or, like, you know, um, work with people who are coming from places, for example, the Middle East or, you know, West Africa, and they are, those are the places where you can't own uh, your own home. So this is something that's the first and the foremost priority. As soon as you come to Canada, you want to buy a house. Uh, but lately we have seen and we've heard about this foreign buyer tax, which is like a big um, no-no that is like, foreign buyers can't buy or it's under process. So would you throw some light on this? Um, yeah, so of course I wouldn't know um, like again too much detail about the real estate industry because I don't understand that too well. But what I can I I tell you from an immigration perspective is that 
um, individuals who have a permanent residence application in process, or even if somebody has a nomination approved from a certain province, I can say for sure, for sure, for Ontario, um, you can actually save yourself from that tax. Uh, if you have a permanent residence application in process, I think once you get your COPR, you can then seek a refund on your foreign buyer tax. But if you already have a nomination from a province, then you don't even have to pay upfront. So that's really a good thing that you have um, told our clients over there or, and the audience, I would say. Um, but we jumped a little further. <laughs> Let's go back to the process now in terms of um, the interest that developed and you wanted to come from the sense of um, helping people without, um, you know, sort of unbiased help where a lot of people have felt cheated or, you know, haven't had success in getting. Uh, I would want to know story uh, in terms of how it was in terms of your first uh, interaction when you helped one family. Uh, I have so many stories to tell you. Uh, and before I get into that, I'm going to tell you both you and I, the industry that we belong to, um, you individually and I in the immigration field, we are in, in, in a job that actually makes a difference in people's life. Both these, these, these professions actually, like they give butterflies to people. Like mm -hmm. we can actually roll down tears yeah. from somebody's eyes because buying a home is one's dream. And, and especially if it's the first home right. and, um, Immigration, of course, that's a life-changing uh, moment for those those mm -hmm. people, right? I mean, it's something that they've uh, they've dreamt of. They've some of them have worked for years to get that. So, um, so I'm extremely grateful to God for for giving me this opportunity. Um, I always say this to my clients that. I wouldn't call this an unbiased profession because, of course, I'm getting paid for it. I'm not doing it for free. Maybe here and there I'll help clients for free if I like, you yeah. know, if they're genuinely in need. Of course, I charge money for it. But the ultimate goal is not to earn that money. Uh, the ultimate goal is to help someone achieve their dream, their goal. And then, of course, money is a byproduct of that. Of course, money is going to come because I'm doing good work and I don't run after money. Money automatically comes because I'm doing the good work. Coming back to the story, I have so many stories to tell you, but I'm going to tell you one very, very, very recent story. So about about a year ago, a, a very young lady who was here in Canada on a temporary residence, a, a student, she came to me and with a very heavy heart. Um, she actually cried in my office. Her husband uh, was in India and uh, they had been trying to bring him here on a work permit because of her student status in Canada. Her husband was able to come here on a work permit. He had seven refusals. IRCC was not giving him a work permit because they, they felt that he was not eligible for one for several reasons. Mm -hmm. And she gave birth to a child in Canada all by herself with no support. Her being in late 20s, 19-year-old young girls helped her postpartum. So when she was sitting me, sit, telling me that story sitting in my office, I was getting goosebumps because I'm a mother myself. And I know how hard that can be when you have absolutely no support system. Like literally go into that labor and delivery room right. with nobody by your side. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, don't worry. I'll take care of this. Let's get on it. We've started working on her application. 
And of course, because of COVID, applications were processed. And just two weeks ago, her husband got the approval. Oh, that's amazing. She will see her daughter. Because when after her daughter was born, she went to India and, you know, she left the daughter behind because mm-hmm. she couldn't do everything here on her own, like right. with a newborn baby. So she left it because she had parents and in-laws there. And she will be seeing her husband after three years and her daughter after two and a half years. Wow. So... Those are the stories. And then the blessings that I get after, it's like I can, cannot thank God enough. That's really This weird. is just a small yeah. example. I have so many other stories, but again, we'll be sitting here all day. <laughs> but this is like, honestly, um, you're absolutely right. This profession is something that, uh, yes, it brings bread and butter, but it gives you that saturation uh, or contentedness in your mind. And that's what even I talk about all the time, that end of the day, I should be able to come home and stand in front of the mirror and say, I did something good today. And that drives me. And people always say, how do you look for motivation? And then you're constantly running, running, running. That is it. Yeah, right. that's true. That is it. That brings you home content. That brings you with a proper sleep and then that brings you with the next day motivation absolutely thank you so much for sharing this it's (laughs) (laughs) i have goosebumps now with this it it is it is such a terrific and such a rewarding profession um i can't even tell you like i'm so grateful like honestly every every night i go to bed um with so much satisfaction in my heart that like, you know, when we're growing up or we hear all these motivational speakers saying that every day when you get up, try to help one person, one person. try to help bring that smile on one person's yeah. face. That's what we do. Bring a smile on people's face every single day. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I now something that's coming to my mind and you did clarify initially that this is a licensed profession. It is. But there is a immigration consultant and there is an immigration lawyer. How is the differentiation between the okay, two? Okay, this is a beautiful question, and thank you so much for asking this. Uh, finally, somebody asked that question. There's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, lawyer goes to a law school, and if there's any of your lawyer um, viewers, they're not going to be happy, and they're definitely going to search my name after this and be like, <laughs> who is this girl? Uh, but, um, but lawyers definitely go to law school they do five years of education extremely learned um no no you know question no double like no 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 contentions out there but an immigration consultant is somebody who goes to school only to study immigration law all we do is immigration Mm -hmm. our focus is immigration we're only licensed to practice immigration. So our focus is very different from a lawyer. So if you go to a law, a law firm, you will see that they're dealing with real estate law, they're dealing with immigration law, they're probably also dealing with family law, whereas us as consultants don't do all of that. We only focus on immigration. So our, um, our knowledge and our um, expertise on immigration field is extremely high, and that is what... Um, I have experienced, right? I do work with lawyers as well because they have the privilege just because of their um, education and licensing. They have the privilege of going to the federal court. We, as immigration consultants, cannot go to the federal court. So if there's a refusal um, and the client wants to take it to the next level, we cannot go to the 
federal court, but we can fight their decisions only up to the tribunal. So I can still go to an administrative tri tribunal and uh, you know appeal the decision, but when it comes to the federal court, I can only use a lawyer to do that, or my client can only use a lawyer. But other than that, um, really, I mean, apart from the license difference, there's really not much difference. We are equally good at it. And then, then it really comes down to the same thing, you know, in any profession, it's about competence. There's one person who's, there are two people who, who are doing the same job, but then one is more successful than the other, but that's because the other person is putting in more work, is probably more intelligent, has more common sense, has more, is more street smart. So they're able to do it in a better way. They're more competent in the job. So, that that's where the difference then basically comes who's i've seen lawyers who are incompetent not not able to get the results uh desired results uh but then they're they're probably a consultant who's been able to do uh much Better. more right yeah. so um other than the the aspect of that license there's really not much difference. And then plus you have to do your charisma before it going to the federal court. Of right? course. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, again, it's, um, this is a great differentiation. Um, and I think... And no hate for lawyers, by the way, no, if no, there are absolutely. any lawyers. I, yeah. mean, it's, it's, I totally respect them. Uh, but again, uh, we, this question does come a lot. What is the difference? And this is the primary difference. That other than a license, there's really about your core competence. And uh, where do you see yourself in the future, Shafoli? Uh, I see I'm going to die doing immigration. This <laughs> is all I'm going to do. I do plan to expand. Uh, currently, I have a team of five people. I do definitely, definitely uh, intend to expand my business, be able to help more, because obviously every individual, every business has a limitation. Uh, and that limitation is only uh, up to, uh, you know, the number of clients you can take on. Um, I, I'm not saying that I'm done. I'm not, I, I'm definitely taking more clients, but uh, I want to expand in this industry and I want to help more and more and more and more people in this industry. So again, that brings me to a question. Some time ago, there was a news. There are a lot of people who are not uh, looking for more immigrants in Canada and they say that uh, we are not bringing good people, and especially on places like Cora and Reddit, and these places have so many, you know, discussions, uh, forums, which are there, and people are talking there. Um, and I think some time ago, there was a protest in Brampton as well. So what is your say about it? Again, a very interesting question. So first question, um, Canada doesn't really need new people. That's not true. Mm -hmm. Canada need, needs a lot of people. And when we're sitting in Ontario or BC, it's easy for us to say that Canada doesn't need people. Sure, Ontario doesn't need more people. We have enough. We really don't have enough. If we go up north in Ontario, it's all vacant, right? Uh, but of course, the um, our weather also doesn't permit. So people really don't want to uh, move to those smaller communities. But Canada definitely, there are other provinces that that still need that growth and so Canada doesn't definitely definitely needs people so I don't really see uh, immigration um, changing in regards to that we definitely in fact uh, in the last few years we've only seen the allocation limits for for new immigrants increasing year by year this year 
IRCC anticipates to bring in 411,000 new immigrants and next year 421,000 new immigrants. So this number is only going to keep increasing. Question number two, the quality of people. Well, I don't think so as, uh, as an immigration professional. I really am in that situation to say whether the quality of people is good or not. I don't think so. That's my, uh, you know, place to say that. But what I can definitely see, tell you is that there is a lot of... Um, bad immigration that's happening mm -hmm. uh, and when I say bad immigration I mean to say there are people who are actually not eligible for programs but they are forging or manipulating documents and coming to Canada I can say for sure and that is because of the bad apples in the market especially immigration consultants outside Canada who are not licensed so they are actually manipulating and forging documents and people even who are not eligible to come to Canada they're still helping them to come to Canada for example I'll give you a small example. Uh, a client reached out to me for a visitor visa for one of their relatives. And I sent her a checklist of the documents that I needed. And she's like, but why are you asking me for a bank statement? I'm like, excuse me? Why wouldn't I? She's like, but... But the consultant in India doesn't ask for that. They just create bank statements. Wow. I'm like, how do you create bank statements? <laughs> That's your document. You're supposed to be yeah. providing that to me. I'm not supposed... So that is what is happening yeah. In, it's a red alert it, right then and there. Right. Mm -hmm. So that is what is happening. And you know what? I know that. Im and it's not that immigration doesn't or Canada doesn't know that. The government knows that. Mm -hmm. They just turn blind eye towards that because they need people. Right. You think that they don't know that documents are being forged. They don't know that uh, jobs are being sold here. They know everything. They just turn a blind eye because how many people, they just don't have control over these things. Just like the real estate market, you know, you think the government doesn't know what's happening with the mortgage industry and the subprime lending and all. They know that, right? Mm -hmm. But they're just not, they, they, because it's, because if, if, if the, if the housing market is, is high, it just shows that the country is developing, right? right. It shows that it's, it, it's, it's doing well. So that's, and in, so the government just doesn't, they will at probably some point, but they don't jump into it right then. Okay, we want to do it because, you know, they play yeah. it safe. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what's happening in the immig immigration industry too. Yes, there are people who shouldn't be coming, but they're coming. Um, but then they're providing those documents, just like there are people who shouldn't be affording a home. They can't afford a home, but they still have they that still home, have right? That How yeah. do you have the home? We all know how they have the home. <laughs> but one good thing is, and thank you so much for stating that, that people will still be coming to Canada. Yes. And then the real estate market is still going to be up Absolutely. and high. Uh, Absolutely. Because of the immigration influx. And, and I think uh, these are the two major industries which are doing very well in terms of helping people uh, settle into their desired country in the place where they should be, you know, or they want to be, right? So, well, I, I think for us um, is like you and I have to be at our best, doing our best. I, um, it's, I know uh, people would watch this and they will say that this program is censored right then and there. We are talking about, you know, forced documents and things like that. So, um, well, that's not it. Like Shafoli said, there are um, steps that are to be taken because we are dealing with human beings. Human beings 
are here with different perspectives, different understandings and different levels of intelligence and different levels of lifestyle that are there. So um, this country is basically um, trying to bring a sort of uh, making this country approachable for people of different standards, different levels, different lifestyles, different understandings. Um, for me, I would say that places where I have lived and um, having three children um, in those countries, I feel safe living with my children here in this country than any other place. Absolutely. So definitely that part of it, uh, since last 10 years, you said you, you've come 12 years ago. For me, I've come 10 years ago, and I have seen the development in my children in a completely different perspective. And I think the decision that I took those many years ago, and it's not just I took, it was a decision that me and my husband took together. and. I, I find today it has paid off, right? We see insensible citizens. Uh, the children are really responsible adults, uh, both two of my children, and um, they are ready to do good to the country, right? So it's this is what we are looking for when we are um, looking towards the immigration, right? Uh, everybody has a good motto behind, right? Or there is always a little bit of negative energy everywhere. I think those are the things that should be kept aside. But looking at a bigger picture, for sure, Canada needs um, more people coming in uh, to help boost the economy. And um, to make those in inaccessible areas accessible, right? So uh, there, there's like beautiful place, like Canada is the second largest geographical place to live in. And so I would say that there are so many places which we haven't seen and there is so much beauty lying out there that Absolutely. is still yet to be explored. Um, and um, you are one of the person who is making it possible by bringing people here by you shared one of one such beautiful story i'm really touched with that um is there any advice that you have for our audience who are in country trying to you know find their stability i'm going to give two pieces of advice one advice that i give all my clients especially um especially my younger clients like you know who are still you know are young have not really you know when when you have a family when you're you know I personally feel I love the age that I'm at I'm not going to disclose my age by the way but I, I love the age that I, <laughs> but because I feel more in control of my life but then you know when you're younger we all make mistakes we mm -hmm. all you know you know do silly things we all have gone through that but one big advice that I give them all is yes live your Canadian dream Get, Canada, getting your permanent residence in Canada should be your goal, but it is not your ultimate goal. Your goal is much larger. It is just one of the milestones. Mm -hmm. And once you achieve, so don't focus all your energies and life and everything onto that because look at the larger picture. Eventually, you have a long life to live. You have your career. You have to look at you know look at all aspects of it. So don't just make. Canadian permanent residence is your ultimate goal. It's a milestone in the long, in the big picture. And number two, do not give up, especially for people who are outside Canada, because I see uh, that they get frustrated. They want things to change overnight. So if that, if if 
if uh, moving to Canada is something that is on your mind, then work towards it. Don't get frustrated. At some point, things will work out for you because there are way too many programs. So just make so don't don't um, uh, get get impatient and give in to somebody else's uh, you know promises or if somebody tells you okay I'm going to get you a job you know you pay this much don't do all that mm-hmm. do your own research do your look out there's so much information available on the internet on YouTube there's people who are making so many like you know like yeah. and good podcasts and good videos and good information out there go 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 for genuine people and then don't give up things will work out I will give you a quick quick example I don't know if you're running out of time I had a client who retained me two years ago and uh, she had a very good score in her express entry but unfortunately she was not getting the invitation Uh, and then I I told her to redo her IELTS and improve her score she did that she improved the score her score improved but then she lost five points because of age because she turned 30 so but then this was in 2019. She retained me in 2019, January. And in January 2021, after two years, out of the blue, she was patient. She just kept doing what I told her to do. Two years later, she got an invitation from one of the provinces. Not expected. And today, she's a permanent resident in Canada. Wow. Right? So don't give up. There will be a way out. Just just work towards your goal um, and don't give in to f- fake and false promises of other consultants and please when you're dealing with somebody make sure that that person is licensed yeah there is a place where you can check the license yes you can go to our regulatory bodies website just like how you can check on oria's website and you can search the name of that person or the company name and you can get the details if they're an active um consultant or their membership has been revoked or cancelled or whatever it is right and i think i one thing that i would definitely want to say is in today day and age the amount of information which is out there on youtube or on any of the social media channel when we had applied it wasn't there no right so um all this information which is like now we are talking about that there is a number license number that you should be checking there are um processes and steps that are there that you should be checking so if one um, consultant is saying something always cross check is it the same thing and again just not listen to the youtube videos or the social media go to the official website which are there yeah so i think this is this is very i mean i know it's overwhelming information but at the same time the more research you do the more you are into it um it's it's more educating you right so take everything with a grain of salt and uh understand and i think it's it's good to um seek advice from one or two at least two or three people before you decide uh, to go ahead with somebody um and definitely uh shafoli would you like to give us uh and our audience your contacts and your social media handles how to reach you absolutely so i'm all over social media i have a tiktok account i am on instagram you can search me the name of my firm is t.immigration uh you could either search my name shafoli kapoor or t.immigration um then um contact the details uh you can reach me uh uh, through uh, WhatsApp or my phone, office phone, which is 416-947-6710. And my website is www.t.t.d.o.t.i.m.m.com. 
Well, thank you so much. Uh, this is a great piece of advice. And uh, definitely, if you want to connect with Shafoli, um, you can connect with me as well. And we will set up a time, whether it's a Zoom call or a coffee meet. If you are within Canada, um, we would be more than happy to connect with you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you and so thank much you. for having me, Jyoti. It was, it was an absolute pleasure talking with you.